Welcome to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. This is the show for the soul who is excited to welcome in more freedom, abundance, and quantum healing in their life. Hi, I'm Vaughn. My magic is in treating all aspects of this human existence, mind, body, and spirit, because it is all connected. In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of transformation so you can know, witness, and understand what's possible for you too when we play together in the cosmos. Let's go. Hello, hello. So before we get into today's podcast, which is so good, by the way, I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Uh, I wanted to share a couple things with you. Number one, my course, Breathe Into Your Chakras, is available for you. This is a self-paced course where I will guide you through each one of your seven main chakras, starting with your root, going all the way up through, and I explain all of this in the video. I work guide you through every single one of the chakras and what it means and what's happening and everything. But we are using um, your breath and we are using um, my energy healing that, that I work with to literally go into your energy centers and clear out any of the congestion that is there, like whatever is just there that might be keeping you stuck. And it's so powerful. And I'm just so excited and honored to bring this level of work to you. These videos can be done um, at your own pace and they can be done over and over and over again, because there are so many layers to us. And so once you start this work of like really working with your energy, you're going in and you're peeling away a layer and then you go back in and you peel away another layer because there's so many layers and, and this is incredible work. So I'm just super excited for you to, um, have access to this because honestly, it's some of the most powerful work that I have created. So I'm I'm really, really excited for you to experience this. And there is a bonus, um, a bonus another seven videos, um, like totally unplugged when I did this live a few years ago. So that is a bonus in there too. So there's so many videos for you to work with, so many healing videos, and I'm just yeah, I'm so excited. Okay, and then number two, there is... I'm offering a goddess sleepover at my house. And I I just, this was just something that came to me. I was like, I just want to have a bunch of my sisters and be here and just play and do like breathwork healing and have sound healing and just eat delicious foods. And, and oh my gosh, I'm getting a dancer's pole and we are going to just like play with our sensuality and we are going to play. Did I say we're going to play in the pool? Cause we're going to play in the pool. We're going to play in the hot tub. We are just going to have like the most ultimate, goddess day. Like we're going to heal. We're going to activate. We're going to be in sisterhood. We are going to play. If you know me, you know, I'm all about the play and the fun. Like we have to have this balance of healing and fun. And, oh, okay. And one more thing. Oh, so that's June 3rd. I mean, I'm sorry, June 16th. So, um, I will put the link of the course and the goddess retreat in the show notes. And also you can always just message me on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And then finally, oh my gosh, y'all, I have found the house for my next retreat and it is happening. It is in Asheville, North Carolina. It's going to be November 2nd through the 5th. And I've already got the download for the name of the retreat, the vibe of the retreat, the whole thing. So I will be getting those details out very, very soon. But I highly recommend if you want to be, make sure you do not miss this, make sure that you send me a message that, um, that you want to be on that, um, first to know retreat details. Okay, that's it for now. And just thank you so much. We're almost at 7,000 downloads. Oh my gosh. So I'm just so honored and thrilled that you, that you listen, that you listen and that you're all your comments, you guys are just the best. So I thank you. I see you. I love you. Bye.
Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. I have Lauren Jewell with us today. She is a trauma-informed mind-body practitioner specializing in digestive health and so much more. Like, I do not want to limit you to digestive health because your whole bio is everything mind, body, spirit, and welcome Lauren. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited for this conversation. You have no idea. Yes. So I do love it that in your bio, it says digestive health, because I believe it was just last week's episode that I was sharing more about my, my spiritual awakening and the, um, leaky gut, you know, me healing my leaky gut that really began my, my healing journey that, that I I had no idea how much it was all connected, but, uh, damn, it was all connected. So let's just start there. Shall we? No, that's, that's absolutely perfect. I, um, I, I can relate completely. And right before we got on this call, we were talking about how, when we get into the work of ourselves, right? Like we get into, you know, this realm of going a little bit deeper inside of ourselves rather than looking outside of ourselves. It's usually some sort of pain that brings us to this new brand new world. That's like huge. And like, you find all of these interesting connections and you see how interconnected it is. And for myself, it was a little bit deeper than that, um, in the sense that like, I didn't realize how deep it was with um, my emotions and how it was with my traumas that I hadn't dealt with. But my digestive health was the part of me that got me into health also, where I started working on nutrition. And then it was, all right, I did the nutrition, let me do the fitness. So I got the body. And then I was like, wow, this is interesting. I don't feel any different in the sense that like, I feel different health-wise, energy-wise, but I still have this lingering feeling of like, hmm, like, why do I not feel whole yet? Like, I look amazing. This is what I thought I wanted. This is what I thought I needed to change the way I looked externally. So I realized I needed to go internal. And so I started doing the mindset. And then I was like, all right, there's something a little bit deeper here. And I did the emotional stuff and then the spiritual stuff. And I realized in that moment that it's all of it. It's not just supplements, nutrition, fitness. It's not just mindset. It's, it's all of it. Like it's the emotions are a key player in our health and especially our digestive health due to the gut brain connection. Yeah. Our emotions are the key. So I, I remember when I first began doing breath work and like going deeper into this healing work that I do. And I kept hearing about you, you are an emotional healer, you know, like you, you deal with emotions, you deal with emotions. And I was like, Oh God, that's so depressing. Like I was, I like kept intuitively just hearing that that was my message and my mission and in this work that I'm doing moving forward. And I really was like, resisted it. Cause it, to me, when I think about emotions, I think about like, that's a lot, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. That's a lot. And I really resisted it. I resisted, which is so funny because I am such an emotional beast. I mean, like yeah. from, from baby on, like me too. everybody me too. just always made fun of me, like how emotional I was. And I think that that's the part that made me resist it. Cause I, that was me all along, but I shoved that version of me down and I shoved in all those emotions. Cause I didn't want to be the emotional one. I didn't want to be the one I've, I've talked about this in another podcast, like my mom and my sister, and even sometimes like my daughters, they know better now, but they will make fun of me. Like if a sad song comes or a beautiful song comes on, it doesn't even have to be sad. Like right. if, if any tears, just so much, just, I just feel things so, so, so deeply. And it can be embarrassing to be such an emotional being. And yeah, in this society. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing, like when you don't allow those emotions to be expressed. So for example, if I do hear a beautiful song or if I'm watching a movie and I just want to be crying my eyes out, 
And I suppress that because I don't want, you know, anybody to make fun of me, which is what I did most of my life. Mm-hmm. That emotion stays stuck inside of you. Yep. And you're training your subconscious mind. So I asked that question this week because I felt, I call it uh, emotional constipation, mm-hmm. right? Because I was a chronic repressor, suppressor for so many years, which mine led to addiction, 10 years of hardcore addiction. Um, many people would look at me now and be like, no, it is very true. I was blessed with the sense that I gave, I got a second chance at life. And I truly believe that my second chance at life is to one, go to the extreme that I did on the other end to this end, to the, the end of teaching people about emotion, teaching people about the health of your mind, your body, um, and really experience all sides of life, right? So I was able to, to gain a new perspective. But I'd asked this question because I see it so much. And we are taught growing up a lot of times, like suck it up, buttercup, like don't cry. This isn't the right time or society norms are more so like, for women, at least for myself, I should say, it's like, yeah, like hold it in. When you, when you feel emotional, you don't want to upset someone because conflict and anger is also looked at a certain way and then go home and then you'll cry. But the truth is, is that a lot of times we don't. And the reason is, is because we've trained our subconscious and our mind and our body to hold it in. And then we like, are wondering why, even if we're doing all the health stuff, if we're doing all this, you know, great stuff for our body, we're wondering why we're not getting the results that we are striving towards. We're wondering why our digestion isn't working properly and we're having gut issues. And we're wondering why the anxiety and the depression shows up. And it's, it's because of the emotion that's stuck inside the body. And it's the one thing we all avoid. Yeah. Um, I really don't know uh, much about your, your journey and your story. Would you mind sharing like what your experience has been like? Because it sounds like you are, I mean, I know that you are a completely different version of yourself, like in just knowing you and witnessing you over the past couple of years and is just amazing. And how old are you? So I just turned 31. Yes. I know. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm 20 because of my addiction because I lost this, not lost, but like, I don't remember those 10 years. Um, It's like, I'm being joking. I remember them, but like, I don't remember them like that. So now like coming to and really like coming back online and really going the route of like, you know, higher consciousness, health and body and really connecting with my soul. Um, yeah. Like when I, I turned 21 on May 11th and that's when I gave my speech the next day. And I was like, this is the best way to celebrate your birthday. But yeah. let me tell you, I feel like I'm like 20, you know, like the yeah. spirit of a 20 year old. Yeah. Well, what a gift. <laughs> yes. Such a gift, such a gift, yeah. but I would absolutely love to share about this. Honestly, this is something that is so important to me to be open and vulnerable and show, be able to be an example right? To walk, like to like pave a new path for people who may have beliefs, just like we do about emotion, that if you experience these things in life, then you could never be there, right? Those limits, those limiting beliefs. And so a lot of my fuel and my drive did come from a prove it energy for a little bit to like make up for lost time, to like prove myself to everybody else that I could do all of these things. But, you know, I realized at some point that that was, I had to surrender to that. And once I did that. I truly realized that I don't think that it was ever a mistake that I went through addiction. I was an opiate addict for 10 years. I grew up in a household with, um, my mother was an alcoholic. My father was a workaholic and, you know, he experienced, he partied himself, but we lived in a very wealthy household. So it was from the outside. It didn't look bad. We had a, you know, million dollar home. My dad had a very successful screen printing business and I, growing up, just thought that was normal, right? So my mom drank. She's a stay-at-home mom. And she had a lot of things that she hadn't dealt with. And she was doing the best that she could, but it was my normal. So I didn't know any of this, right? And so it was me and my brother and my sister had already moved out. But my brother experienced addiction himself first. And I remember being the mediator of the family, the super chill hippie child. I was super emotional, but I hit it. Um, just like you did starting really young because I had a sensory disorder. And so I 
created this belief that it was not good to show emotion. I watched my mom show emotion, but it was reactive due to her drinking, right? So emotion became, it was this belief that it was bad. And then I had the total opposite where my dad worked all the time. He wasn't home and he was very calm and he was like, everything has a place, you know, let's just talk this out type thing. Um, You know, this isn't, you know, I'm not going to raise my voice. And so I had these polar, polar opposites. So it's funny how the symbolism in my life is playing out where I have these opposites, you know, these extremes. But I told myself I would never be like them. My mom even had a pillow on her couch that said mirror, mirror on the wall. I am my mother after all. And I would be like, absolutely not. No, ma'am. Like that is not happening. Right. Because I had resentments. I loved her, but I had resentments. And first, my brother experienced addiction. I experienced that in my teen years. And then my mother separated from my father and I moved with her. And I didn't realize it then, but I was absorbing a lot of her trauma a lot of her pain, a lot of her undoubt things. And I was an adult way too soon, right? Like a very independent adult. I had become the mediator of the family, playing both sides, right? Being cool on both ends, holding all of their pain. And that was a lot for someone, right? That was a lot. So I started acting out. Um, You know, I was really big in sports that ended, you know, immediately that ended, And I wanted to play the sport of drinking and smoking pot and like meeting people and connecting with friends and always wanted to be with people. I could not spend time alone. And it was cool until I got out of high school, met a guy and my mom had gotten sick and she got sick really quickly. She passed away from pancreatic cancer within two weeks. Um, And we had found it. Yes. She had back pain. Um, I just moved out, right? So like we were mending our relationship. And I remember I had my first place, like my first place on my own, right down the road from her. The street that I lived on was the name of my grandma. Like it was so divine. Like it was Martha Stewart Lane. And that was my grandma's name, Martha, not Martha Stewart, but yeah, no, Martha Stewart. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was Margaret Stewart. I'm Margaret. Sorry. Yeah. So sorry about that. Um, but yeah, she um had some back pain, hadn't couldn't go to the bathroom. My sister's a nurse, so she came and checked her and was like, Yeah, there's something happening here. You need to go to the hospital. She didn't want to. And the next day she couldn't walk. So rushed her to the hospital. And I remember getting a phone call at work and my you know, coworkers were like, Lauren, it's time to go. Cause I was so good at not feeling my emotions that when things like this would happen. It would be complete numbness to the point where I was even aware. I'd be like, hey, guys, just want to let you know, this is probably alarming to you, but I'm just really like numb to it. But it's going to come later. It'll come later. Just don't know. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to show any emotion. I wouldn't. And it was almost like an entity had kind of like blocked it. It's a protective mechanism. Right. And so I remember going to see my mom and she was coherent then. But it was like two days later came back. I was going every day. And all of a sudden she was like on hospice, right? She was just on hospice. Um, Since she was an alcoholic, she had experienced alcohol withdrawals. And they had told us that she had um, cancer, like in her spine, in her brain, like all over her body, in her pancreas, like, and it was just like, oh, you know, once we found out it was in her brain, like, and also the pancreatic, you know, stage four or five, whatever it is, um, you know, it was just like, oh, okay. I didn't know. I'd seen shows and movies. So I was like, all right, so she's going to go through chemo radiation. Right, she's yeah. going, you know, she's 46 years old. 46. Um, oh yeah. man. Why? And so it was literally, she was on hospice already like that. And so we hung out with her all those, you know, that week and a half or so. And she waited until my brother and father had come and kind of set their peace. And then she passed in the middle of the night. Um, and that was that thing where I realized like, oh, I'm completely numb to all of this. Um, and I didn't know how big that was. I did not know. I tried to be cool. I tried to be strong. And that's where that drinking started to play out. I was in school, dropped out. It was just a perfect excuse to be like, Hey, I'm sorry. Like emotionally, it's too much right now, but it was a perfect reason for me to drink. And because I used how, to say how that. How old my, were you at that point? 
I was um, 18 years old. Wow. So it was back in 2011. Yeah. So I was either 18 or 19. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. And it was the, the beginning of my journey of, um, it was the beginning of my journey that was a little dragged out due to my, uh, conditioning and my protective mechanisms. And that's, that's, it wasn't dragged out for any reason. It was divine, divine reasoning. Cause it gave me a perspective that I would never have if I didn't experience yeah. what I did. But and it, how completely yeah, the, natural for you to have created those walls and that yeah. narrative. I mean, you're such a young child mm-hmm. that had had no example and really quick. I mean, talking about your mom and the dis-ease that that took her you know like she literally avoided every emotion and every feeling and the divinity within herself and and that led to disease in her body and made her so sick oh wow we say that and it's it's really interesting now because i do a lot of research on it and it's it is proven now that when we are in um disempowering emotions of shame guilt regret bitterness unworthiness anger um like chronic stress you know all of those things what it does is it actually when we have emotion, when we have thought, it's not like it's just there and it disappears and it's like just part of us. It's this thing. It's not like we have good and bad emotions. It's not like there's somebody in our like body, like having a game show being like, this is the bad one. You know, like it's not, they're all there for a reason. And when we have emotion and thought, it's creating a biochemical reaction within our body, right? So it's a cascade effect. And that is how we get a felt sense. So we have a thought, then it creates an emotion and it creates a felt sense due to the hormones that are released and disempowering emotions or emotion, emotional charge, like anger, bitterness, you know, all those things, like you can feel it in your belly. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because of the gut brain access. So we have a nervous system in the gut. And then we also have the gut um, connected to the nervous system, which communicates through the brain, through like the vagus nerve and certain neurons and things like that. And it creates inflammation and inflammation is like the biomarker of all disease and chronic stress is about 80% of all. It's like the underlying cause of 80% of all disease and stress can be labeled as feeling unworthy, feeling of anxiety, feelings of, you know, guilt, shame, holding things in. And when you push that down into your body, it's emotions for the body. It's like in the body, it's released in the body and it's stored in the body. It can be a faster process when we learn how to properly feel through them and get educated and have compassion and understanding. Um, But that fear is from the fear we feel because it's just in us all the time. So no wonders why we're like, this isn't good. This is no good. Like emotions are not good. This feeling doesn't feel good. It's because we're like ruminating in it all the time. And we're trying to just push it away and then feel only the more empowering emotions. But it doesn't work that way. You don't have room to feel those emotions if you're not open to, um, if you're not open enough to receive them, you know, to create that, that um, basically mix of hormones, those feel goods and endorphins and neurotransmitters. So I guess that probably takes us to the next part of your journey of, you know, talking about looking for those happy feelings, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, within my journey, ultimately I did what I was shown. So I worked a lot and I became, you know, as a waitress, I was like, guys, I'm making more than all my friends who are like in school. And this is so silly. And so I worked, I was on my feet constantly and I was drinking. Right. So that was my other coping mechanism. Well, my mom taught me drinking. And so eventually one night I had been pulled down the stairs by my dog. And because I was drinking and I was holding in all this pain, right. I was just numbing it, blocking it. And that led into the opiate decade of my life Mm -hmm. where I had fallen and I actually collapsed my lumbar spine. Uh, I created a thing called Bastrop's disorder, actually called Bastrop's disease, which is common in boxers, horses, and elderly with degenerative disc. And it's where your lumbar kind of like hits on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Very freak accident. Um, but it, it was basically a, a okay slip to be prescribed, you know, oxys and things like that. Right. And that made me feel really, really good. Right. Like I remember being like, 
why doesn't everybody take these? Like, I feel like I feel so much better. I had energy. I had no pain. And I kept focusing on that external pain of my back saying that was the cause of this, but it was so much more than that. It was that internal pain. It was just that internal pain had manifested into an external pain. And we always are looking outside of ourselves guys, like always. And until we don't like, until we start to take responsibility and can hold compassion for ourselves and look inward, there's something underneath that pain, that physical external pain that we have. Um, because it's all severely connected. So it it led into a deeper part of addiction over a course of 10 years. I functioned for a very long time. A lot of people didn't even know. Um, and I was rationalizing it because my primary like doctor, oh, the family doctor prescribed me up to eight of them a day legally, Stop. right? Like eight, who takes eight of anything anyway, right? And I was oh taking more God. than that. I was taking more than that. And the way that the chemistry works with that medication, it's, it's, you know, it's not going to work out. Like, it's just not like, it's so addictive um, in that sense, even if you aren't considered a addict, right? Like, even if you don't have that in your body, it's chemistry, it's, it's going to cause your body to need more of it. And I learned a lot. I'll say that through that. Uh, it's a very long story, but learned a lot, um, felt a lot of pain, hurt myself dearly, became, became to basically hate who I had become and did not recognize who I saw. I, uh, did things that I didn't, you know, that I never thought I would do due to the craving and like the feeling, the pain that it would put you in when you did not have that substance in your body was so, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, so severe I can't even believe it's legal you know what I mean like it's not but like you know what I'm saying like it was so yeah. so excruciating and so eventually after 10 years of that I finally was like it was New Year's Eve of 2019 or 2018 going into 2019 and sitting outside after work and I remember it was raining and I could hear the like clinking of glasses and the celebration of champagne. And I could smell the whiff of like smoke, cigarette smoke, and then trash. Cause I was kind of like by like waiting underneath something. And I was kind of like looking around and I was waiting to go get, we'll say, well, right. I was waiting to do that. And I remember being at this point where I was so ashamed of what I was doing, who I was becoming looking around being like, look at all these people with friends who were like celebrating, like such a normal thing to do on New Year's Eve. And I was on my way to spend all the money I had made. I'd made, worked a double, right? And I heard this voice and it was like, Lauren, you have a choice. You can either choose to do the unknown path and get sober, the side that you keep avoiding, or you can continue down this road and you'll never know what will happen when you take the route of getting sober. And I remember it saying like, I can promise you this, your story is going to be the, the like epitome of your success. And I have always said that. I remember saying it when I was in detox. I remember like, like in rehab and it has been, and I've always felt that like my vulnerability was my power in this because there's so much shame around it. People are like, don't speak about that. Don't tell people like, do you want them to know? I'm like, yes, I want them to know. And they're like, really? And I'm like, I do not care if they have a projection about addiction. It's fine. I get it. There's a lot of pain, whether you were somebody on the receiving end of watching an addict, whether you are an addict or you've seen someone pass away, I get it. But I also want to be a new view on people to see that it is possible. All it takes is one person to change that for people. And I didn't choose that route right away. It took one stance trying to go into rehab, couldn't do it. It was 10 years of you know substance, made it for like 24 hours and left. And then three months later, I went in there and I called it like an exorcism. It felt like I remember it was a severe detox. It was 
seven days of like full blown. Like I remember hallucinating and all of those things. And I remember connecting with source at that time because I wasn't and just being like, no, it's been a while, like shaking, you know, just like sweating. But I was like, I know it's been a while. And I know I'm such a, you know, an ass for, for reaching out at this moment, but please help me like get through this, please. Cause I knew if I didn't get through that, I wouldn't go back to that. I wouldn't, I would leave. And then I would be like, hell no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And I made it through. Wow. 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 Thank you so much for sharing that. Like, oh my God, I am holding all versions of you, all, all ages of you so tightly right now. I mean, and, and that just makes me think like how you have had to learn how to hold your, all versions of yourself along this healing journey. Like there were so many versions of yourself. I'm sure that were held with shame and regret and embarrassment and each version of you needed that attention and that love from, from you Mm -hmm. that only you could have poured into yourself in that way and the strength and the, the, the strength. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the strength, the courage, and then like the drive, there was a drive in me that I have, I didn't even understand what it was. All I knew was I needed to go that way. Right. Like just like you can't see me on the thing, but like, I just needed to go whatever way it was pulling me. And no matter what I did trust that it was going to be okay. But like you said, the journey was truly learning to like, you can't heal a body you hate. Mm -hmm. You cannot heal a body you hate. And I thought that when I got sober, that was it. I'd done it. Life was good. I was going to keep on trucking and rolling and like all these good things. No, no. Basically I got sober and got out of rehab and was like, oh, this is why I started using in the first place. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. Like now my body is like very depleted. Oh my God. The anxiety, the depression, right? Like not being able to sleep. Like I just remember being like, I did not get sober to feel this way. What is going on? And I knew I had a choice again. Like the universe was like, yep, this is us again. Do you really, really want this? And so COVID hit six months after I got sober and I had a choice for sure. Had a choice in that moment. Absolutely. And that's actually what brought me to that route of like health. And and that's where I ended up being here now. So super grateful for it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, perfect timing, right? Thanks COVID quarantine, like a way to leave me to do all of my resources all by myself. Right. Right. Luckily I had already begun it because I I felt so much like, um, you know, empathy for the people who were like, I'm like, yeah, people are freaking out because they have to sit with themselves right now. Like I know what that feels like. Cause it feels like you are going to crawl out of your skin and you don't see the patterns of like the addiction to drama or you like, being unhappy. So you yell at someone because they're doing something wrong. But in reality, it's like your body's like, help me. Please listen to me. You know, what, what would you say has been the, the most difficult part of, of this journey of coming back home to yourself? So it was the emotion part in the beginning. Right. So it was the endless amount of emotion that I started to feel through me. And I remember I started crying like like a couple of days after my detox had ended and being in the treatment center. Right. Like I just was like, oh, my God, what did I just you know what I mean? Like realization. I was hardcore. I'm very lucky that I was not I did not die. I never overdosed. But I went hardcore. I was proud of that. I was like so proud of how hardcore I could go and like how hard I could disrespect my body and hurt my body and like just take in these substances that were like so extreme. Right. And so I, yeah, kind of came to and was like, Oh my God, like, and I had gotten out of a seven year relationship too. And I love that man. I loved him dearly, but we experienced very heavy addiction together. And we went down like deeper into that path and there was no going back. We had a bond from that trauma and then from that addiction. And so 
it was realizing the amount of emotions that was flowing through me. And I didn't know what that felt like. I was just releasing it. But I remember they pulled me into a psych doctor because I couldn't stop crying because it was a problem during meetings, right? Mm. Even though it's not, but like it it was at the time. They were like, are you okay? Are you sure? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just <laughs> crying, like, no. guys. You're like, no, actually, yeah. I'm not okay. I'm feeling everything yeah. that I've I'm- shoved down inside of my body for the past right but it wasn't like a situation where I was like I'm not okay I was just like guys it's okay I just like this it would be it's like it would be like everything it'd be like the fucking tree is so beautiful look at the sky I can't believe I haven't seen the sky and then it would be like oh my god I can't believe I did that type thing and so they put me on I remember they wanted to put me on antidepressants and sleep medication and all this stuff and I denied it at first because I was like I didn't come in here to get put back on stuff that's just labeled differently like there's still strong chemicals um, and I didn't know anything about them. I wasn't educated like I am now. Yeah. Eventually they convinced me like I wasn't sleeping and they were like, Lauren, like you need a bridge, like you need help with the chemicals that you're lacking in your body, yada, yada. So I gave that a try. And it was when COVID happened, when I realized six months into getting sober, that it had numbed me a little bit. Um, and I also, my um, anxiety, my depression came back really heavy while I was on it. So I realized in that moment, like I need to actively get off of this and wean down. I had never been on it before. So I was like, if I don't do this now, I understand how the science works with them because I researched it. And so that's where that journey began. So the, to answer your question, it was emotion and it was also connection. And it's interesting because I was looking outside of myself again to where like I was trying to connect with certain people, but I would also feel like they weren't really my cup of tea, right? They weren't like, like I had chosen to get sober and I wasn't going to just choose anybody, even friend wise, boyfriend wise, anybody to be in my sphere. And so there was a lot of loneliness there, um, but it gave me a lot of space to feel my emotion and connect with myself which once I did that, once I started doing this inner work, I started learning how to feel emotion. I started to redefine what emotion meant for me, learn the power of emotion, learn the power of nutrition in creating healthy emotion and healthy thoughts and really like becoming my own um, source of power, right? Like becoming my own source of power, self-sufficiency, connecting with myself, and then finally connecting with my body. Cause I filled my head with so much knowledge, so much knowledge. And it just wasn't really connecting. Yeah. It just wasn't really like, I was like, I know all this stuff. Like I'm have so much potential where, why, what, what's happening. Yeah. And I realized that it was that connection t- to my body, to that voice that had spoken to me back in New Year's Eve to my being of what I truly wanted. Cause it was, it was covered in a lot of masks. It was covered in a lot of protective layers and it's been a process, but it's been the most beautiful process I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that is the healing journey, right? Is the unraveling and then the becoming. Um, I I know you and I have had some, some lots of experiences together. Um, so I would love to hear about how our work together has impacted your, your healing journey. Yes. I was going to say, I would love to talk about it, Vaughn. Um, you were one of the first people who to, gave me an experience of being in my body um, in the sense that our mentor who introduced us, the two, you, you and I had introduced me to the power of nervous system, right? This was two years ago, I think so ago. And I started understanding that I was like, you know, familiar with meditation and like guided meditation, but I still was at that point where knew a lot of stuff, but I wasn't able to sit with myself silently with my eyes shut. It was like an email box that was overloaded and it was like, ding, 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 ding. and I just was like, no, no, this is not, no. Okay. Who would find this relaxing? You guys are weird. Right. Yeah. And so I would judge myself. And so when I met Tracy, she introduced me to just breathing breaks. And then I met you, everything changed. So it was at Powerhouse um, in 2021, I think, right? Yeah, 2021. I've been to two of them. But the first breathwork session that I had in person with you, and I was scared. I was so scared going to that event. Um, Not scared in the sense of like, 
scared, like danger. It was more so I knew really no one. It was a group of powerhouse women, right? At the time I had not started my business. I was in network marketing. Um, I was in school. So at, at that point I had gone back to school for nutrition, you know, for helping people with trauma, spirituality, and then working within the um, certified mind master um, uh, practitionership, right? Where it was like neuroscience, all this stuff, but I still wasn't stepped into my power. I still was like, I'm in the learning phase. Like I'm just taking these steps to get there. And so connecting with these women allowed me to see like, oh, they're just like me. Like we're all just one, like everyone has their own pain. It's okay to like use your voice. You do not need to hold back your tears, right? Like you're actually kind of like, you're looking around, you're like, like, if I don't cry right now, so I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble. I have to cry right now. Something like, am I blocking something? What is happening right now? Oh my God. Am I doing this wrong? You know? So like, right. I was like opened up to this new world and the breathwork session came and like, you know, she's really hyping you up. She's like, you have no idea, you know, like Vaughn is going to take you to the cosmos. This is like, just trust yourself, do all these things. And so at this point I'm like, it's just breath. What is this? Like, what, what are we about to do? And when I did that, at that point in my journey, I was, didn't realize it, but I was coming up on self-forgiveness because I kept looking outside of myself. Like, who do I need to forgive? Like, you know, I need to forgive my family, my parents, my exes. I need to forgive all the people who harm me, blah, blah, blah. And I really was, I was doing a lot of work on that, but I didn't ever come like, like literally didn't even cross my mind. Like, self-forgiveness yeah you know like I was doing it actively but it wasn't crossing my mind consciously like that so when you and I had had that breath work session it's tribal because it was like 70 women but it felt so alive like I felt so alive and I also felt so high and I remember taking the mic and being like I just want to say guys um hello you know check check but um I'm you know very open about this but I've been an addict for you know I was an addict for 10 years I spent over hundred thousand dollars a year sometimes and I got higher with my breath doing this session like feeling like I was in on another dimension feeling so good like loving my body I remember it was just me and myself like it wasn't I didn't go to like some different world or anything it was just me and myself in a room and it was more so like oh what's up girl like look at you look what you've done see yourself see what you have changed see what your purpose is here. Like you have shit to do, but you need to take a moment and just celebrate yourself. Love you. Stop moving for a second. It's okay. What are you running from? I love you. Fucking love yourself. Like that's literally what it was like. And then finally, like, I was like, kind of turning me on right now. <laughs> what is happening? You know? And then I realized like, I can love myself. And I'd never been able to say that before. Mm. I'd never been able to say that before. And I realized in that moment, like, you can't heal a body you hate. You're going to run away from yourself. You're going to run and try and fix things externally. And essentially, you can still get sick. That's why people can be the healthiest people in the world and eat all the best foods and they still get cancers. Yeah. It's due to that inflammation, yeah. that, those emotions. So, yeah. Mm. And That's then I think one time the last time you had had done it at the powerhouse um yeah you came up to me like my legs and my legs my arms everything was was vibrating and I remember you had mentioned that to me you were like girl you basically became a healer and anytime I work with you I just see such pure energy right like you just see people fine like you, you truly do and you make them feel safe and just watching other people's experiences with your work through breath heals me just watching them, just knowing that it's possible, just seeing it be released. Yes, that is. I love that because isn't that so true? Like seeing other women in surrender and in witnessing of, of all of us, like, oh my God, like that is that word is just my favorite word right now, like in witness, like I love to just be in witness of myself, but in other women, like of just this adventure that we are going through of self-discovery and exploring yeah. ourselves and the unraveling that we are going through. Cause we are 
we are in a very, very, very potent time in life. Like this is our time of the divine feminine for us to connect to that version of ourselves and rediscover ourselves. Like this yes. isn't just like some Joe Schmo, like this couldn't have happened. I don't it's also think. our life. Yeah. yeah. It's like also yeah. our life. Like it's like we, you know what I mean? Like it's like one of those things where it's like we have all the opportunity in the world if we allow it to like if we yes. allow ourselves to receive it. Yeah, because it's here. Whereas I don't believe, you know, 20 years ago, this same energy right. was as here as it is now. So it's like literally right here, right now. And we get to play. We get to play yes. with this energy. And so, yeah, like you said, it's just a matter of, are we going to play with it? Because it's here. Are you going to play with it? And those that play with it, those that show up over and over and over again, that is the witnessing. Like we are witnessing each other in yeah. a massive um, soul, divine feminine evolution, revolution, all of the, yeah. uh, like now, I mean, like, like your evolution motivates me to want to elevate, right? Like it gives you permission. That's what I was saying. Like my evolution gives other people permission. Your evolution gives other people permission. And it's like, you can and be in witness of other people. Cause you're like, been there girl, like so excited for yes, you. And then they're sitting yes. there like crying with snot rockets. And they're like, what is happening? And you're like, yes. And we're like, I know yes, this is this a weird is time. So fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I know we're going to uncover so yeah. much. Yeah. I know people are always like, you're a sick woman because I'm like, isn't this so fun? But it is, it is so fun because you, I know on the other side of this release is freaking freedom. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. all we want is to feel liberated and free yeah. and, and open and, and yet connected on, on right. And at ease and all those level. things we yeah. want to feel good. It's like with my nutrition, like with my clients, right. I, I don't know why I say nutrition, but like with my clients, essentially when they come to me, yes, they have a specific problem, but they don't know it yet that like it's emotional or like mindset or like also like they don't understand like how that affects their behavior and where it shows up in their health. Right. But essentially they just want to feel good. They want to, everyone wants to feel at home in their body. They want to feel like they can lay down at night and not like feel uncomfortable in their skin or have their mind worry, right? Like we just want to feel good, but there are some things that we have to unravel. Um, and a lot of times it's not restricting foods, right? Like it's, it can be part of that, but a lot of times it's other things that we need to unravel to be able to see it through a different feel. Like, I don't know how to explain it, like yeah. see a different perspective of it to, to shift your state, to shift your being, to shift your health. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's because so it's, it's like, like you were saying earlier and like how I say all the time, like when we're, we have all this knowledge in our head, like we know these things, but until we can create the space in our body for that knowledge to drip down into, so we can embody all mm -hmm. of that knowledge and wisdom and be a walking prayer and meditation right. and knowledge. Like that's the key. Like we can't just know it. We, we have to create the space in our bodies to be it. So right. how do you guide your, um, your clients? Like was, what are some of the main tools that you work with, with your clients to, to help them be more in that embodied freedom and knowledge. So essentially one of the main components of my work is working with the nervous system and working to be in the body, reconnect to the body. And part of that includes, you know, if you, sometimes you can't sit down yet. Like sometimes you can't sit down and close your eyes, like depending on what's happened in your past, depending on what it is, the state of your nervous system, whether you've been a go-getter, um, you know, very driven for a lot of times, your body may be stuck in like a chronic stress response, right? Which may be causing the gut issues, maybe causing the thyroid issue, maybe causing your inability to lose weight. Um, and so I always um, provide tools that are somatic, whether it be breath, whether it be like, Hey, guess what we're not going to do is we're not going to put you on a diet right now. We're going to mm -hmm. slow down. I need you to like, we need to slow down because if you're not sleeping properly, if you're not taking time to slow down one, you're not digesting your food. 
Two, that's where leaky gut comes in. That's where SIBO comes in. That's where dibosis comes in. That's where constipation comes in, weight gain, toxins, all the things. When we're in a stress state, whether it's um, induced through emotion, thought, work, family, toxins in the air, toxins at your home, stress state because you're sick, your digestion shuts down and that food sits in your stomach and it just starts to ferment and it literally like causes so much disruption. But if we're living in a, this time now in society, there are so many threats with an ancient system. Like we have an ancient, ancient system and we, we have not upgraded that, but we have so many upgrades out there. So many. So it's so important that you begin to learn how to self-regulate and work with your body and slow down. And when you do that, you actually gain a new perspective. You slow down yourself. Your world slows down in the sense that like you become time where like things start working with you. You're in a parasympathetic state, which is a healing state. And it's also the state that you need to be in to reach higher dimensions of consciousness. You cannot, like your um, survival brain turns on when you're in a, just a tiny stress state. You know, that feeling of like, you're going, you got the adrenaline and cortisol going through your veins. Like nothing is wrong with that. But a lot of us are just going like that all the time. We're in front of our computer and we're like, you know, jacked up because we're drinking all the coffee and we're in a, you know, certain nervous system state. And we're like, I just need to do one more thing. One more thing. This is it. This is it. This is going to be it. And then you go through these thought cycles. You don't even realize it. And you're just in a loop. So you have to interrupt that first. Um, being in the body, orgasms, just connecting with nature, things like that. And mindful, like being mindful, appreciative, holding gratitude for your food, looking at food as another like extension of you, like all of your cells. What do you think you're made of? What do you think your organs are made of guys? Why do you think you're like when your mother's pregnant or a mother is pregnant, you have to eat in a certain way. Your organs are made up of food. Like we are food. So if you continuously eat these like fake food, like, you know, foods that are food like substance, you're going to start feeling that way. And they make it convenient for a reason because yeah. we're such a busy society. Yeah. So you slow down to see it, step back, make a new choice. Yeah. Be in your body, appreciate, yeah. love yourself. Because it's so easy just to like go into the pantry and it's quick and easy and you know, if you're feeling emotions, you know, you need that quick fix. And yeah. yeah. And so all, you know, there's so many times where I give myself permission to like eat the thing, you know, like I don't right. want to, I don't, don't want to be constricted. I don't want to deprive yeah. myself of that because I know it's going to make me feel better. And damn it. I just want to feel better in this moment. Right. right. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, how can I nourish my body? Like, what does my body really, really want and need? And so right. I'll, I'll be so conscious, you know, like it's such an interesting place to be so aware and so conscious. Like when I go in the pantry and I'm looking for something, it's like, I imagine my, my cells, you know, like I imagine like my body, it's like, if I put this in my body, how will my, my how will my body react? Like how will my spirit and, and all mm -hmm. of it that's connected feel versus if I go in my fridge and I get some blackberries, you know, and it's like, right. I can just as easily snack on the blackberries. And I know that my cells will be happy, will be proud of me. So it's like, why do I want to go into that pantry and give myself something that I know will send me into a place of not where I want to be, but yet right. I will still choose that sometimes, you know, like often, you right. know, and, and well, they're and made addictive. They're made addictive. Anyway, a lot of the foods that they're, they're specifically made to be addictive, but also like, it's like, what are you really hungry for? What's that other layer? What are you not receiving? What are you not saying right now? Yeah. What do you need? Like, why are you oversourcing in some area or coping with some area? There's nothing wrong with enjoying food. I, yeah. I am more for letting people not feel restricted and constricted because when you feel all or nothing and you're constricted and you're like, I can't have that. Your belief is extremely powerful. So we did a placebo test on someone. It's called the milkshake. Uh, they did a research project on this or whatnot, a study. 
and they had a milkshake with actual like ice cream and all that stuff. And then they had a protein shake and they told them that the milkshake was the healthy protein shake. And they did tests on the body. And because they believed that was a very, very healthy shake, their body reacted differently to the one compared to the one that they said that wasn't a healthy shake, even though it was their body actually stored it as fats. So it's like your belief is really powerful too. So having compassion and understanding and deriving that energy, but also realizing that it's not necessarily the food that makes you feel good. Because a lot of times ice cream or the candy or the cookies, you kind of feel kind of like pretty gross afterwards, like, right. But it's the giving yourself control, giving yourself permission to have it. So it's stop next time. Realize like right before you go and grab it, it's that split moment that you let yourself go get it when you're like, okay, like I'm just going to get it. Right. Like you've been pacing and you're like, I'm not going to do it. All right. And then you go do it. It's that, that you're looking for. So where are you not giving yourself permission to be truly who you are, love yourself, whatnot. Yeah. And sometimes even I'll, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to eat the thing and I'll put it in my mouth and I'll be like, like this isn't even what I want to now literally just go to the trash can and spit it out. And I'm like, that, isn't that interesting? Right. Like that. I, I like my ego, my, my, whatever part of me was just like, take it. It's fine. You can do it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like that higher self version of me was like, girl, this isn't even what you want. Spit that shit out right now, you know? And then letting myself like do both of those things. Like I allowed myself to have it. And then I allowed myself to realize, actually, this isn't what I wanted. And so and be okay with it and not judge yourself and and spin yourself out. And even, yeah. And even if I did finish it and have it and be like, wow, yeah, but wow, that didn't satisfy me. Like I thought it would. So what, what am I really searching for? How am I really, what can you take away? yeah, Yeah. Like how am I depriving myself or, um, what, what do I really desire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so interesting. Um, oh my gosh. I just love this stuff. I could talk about the, the body and our, our spiritual evolution and our personal growth and just the way it's all so connected. And I just feel like ultimately, like all we're trying to do is become one with ourselves and, you know, like allowing that yeah. mind, body, spirit to truly just be one with each other and be happy with each other and not separate. Like I'm not the body, I'm not the mind and I'm not spirit. Like I, we are one with each other. We are all of those things. And we have literally just created such separation. And, um, and so now I just in the, this time of coming back home to ourselves is just so exciting and, and exploratory, you know, like I want us Mm -hmm. to be able to explore what more of this looks like without the judgment. And so I think that that that's why this conversation is really important because we get to be all the things we get to explore all the ranges of everything. And you get to have been who you were. I mean, my God, Lauren, right. It doesn't have to define you. It does not like it has no, like, what you've been has no evidence of who you're capable of becoming. And I can promise you that, like, I can yes, promise you yes. that. And it is a journey, but it's, it's a journey on purpose. Like I had to go through certain stages to get to where I am now. Right, man. I just, I am so fucking proud of you. I am, I am just, I really, 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 I see you. I, I, I love you and I am so proud of you. And you had every opportunity to stay in the loop of where you were, like to stay on and live on like your mom and and then probably would have passed away at a very young age, continuing that cycle and that loop. And you changed. You I did, and it's ongoing too. Absolutely. Like it's, that could change at any split moment. And that's, that's where it's like every single day I choose, I choose to love and embody who I've been, love and embody who I am. And then also envision and create the, you know, where I'm going. Yeah. 
Um, does it get easier? Like how, like in that day, cause I, I, I'm not, I don't have addictions. I have not had addictions. Like my biggest addiction is coffee, um, right. which, is, which is a real thing. And then when I try not, to, I mean, that sounds so silly talking, you know, but I mean, but still right. like, when I try to not have coffee, I'm like, hold up. Like I'm straight up addicted to coffee. I'm right. It, it's just like sugar too. Like when you're craving that sugar yeah. candy, you know how you're like, you'll walk away and then you'll be like, what is pulling me back here? Oh my God. Right. You know, like it's, it's a chemical reaction within your brain and body, um, your gut brain connection, which is very strong. It will create, very, create yeah. certain things to motivate you to go do that. Um, but what I will say is that I had like, this is why I got into the work that I do. That's why I call myself a mind body practitioner specializing digestive health is because what led me there. It wasn't like, I was like, woke up from, you know, addiction and was like, I'm going to become, you know, do what I do now. No, what led me there was my own experience of healing my body. So I started to learn how to fuel my neurotransmitters, my amino acids, which all help fuel your brain and your mood, right? So like mental health, like feeding myself for my mental health and filling in those gaps that they were trying to give me synthetic medications for, um, healing my gut because your gut, your microbes, the health of your microbes within your microbiome, if they're fed a bunch of sugar, candy, all this stuff, which I was addicted to when I first got sober, sugar, candy, all the other addictions, uh, caffeine, they will actually, they're so powerful that they'll send a message up to your vagus nerve, to your brain and turn on an opiate receptor because we have opiate receptors in our brain, turn one of them on. So you crave it so badly that you go and find it. So that's why you can find people who are like, it's like ravishing for sugar, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same concept of like, I started witnessing that. Like I was like, okay, this isn't like opiates, but like I'm But you're still, trading one is, addiction for another. Yeah, and stress and pressure too. Like stress and pressure became one of the junk, big, like worst junk foods and addictions that I had. And so I had to learn to interrupt those. I had to basically took what I did with my addiction, interrupt them with nervous system regulation. And then I had to clean up my gut so that the narrative from my gut, because it's a bi-directional communication from your gut and your brain, if your gut is unhealthy, right? So when you had leaky brain, that's why you were experiencing anxiety, um, depression, you were going through your, you know, it woke yeah. you up. Yeah. So your body may have been like, you know, sending you on a certain path, but I see all of those things as inner alarm clocks rather than inconveniences because it's just your intuition. It's all connected to the same area, your ENS, which is your entric um, nervous system. It's all connected in the same area. That's why I got feelings, gut instincts. They're all from ancient origins, right? Yeah. Um, they show up as like a visceral feeling, a little subtle voice. Symptoms are the same thing. It's just the language of your body. So it's, it's just asking you to go within. Right. And so for me to make it easier for my addiction, it was really once I just started to learn about my body and not feel like I had to change my state outside of myself. Once I learned I had power and then I was able to fuel myself to change my state, use my breath to change my state, work out to change my state, choose who I wanted to be around, choose how I wanted to react. I was like, oh, yeah. we get to do that oh my god I thought life was just like it was like a matrix in the sense where it was like just You're happening just living it me. yeah you just go yeah. through the motions and okay so this just happened so this is how I do it now that you right. are in control you get to make the choices you get to create your own life you get to create your cosmic garden and yeah. then conscious relationship with yeah. myself Yes. Like not, not another like relationship outside, like literally with myself. So that way I can create those other conscious relationships. And I did, it brought me to the community that I met you in. Yeah. And I was wanting that from the beginning right. and it just showed up. Yeah. So. That's so beautiful. Well, I just cannot thank you enough for sharing your story and your wisdom and your knowledge with us. You are such a light and you are so young and you are on such a mission and I just honor you and I'm so proud of you. So tell people how they can work with you, how they can connect with you and all that good stuff. This has been amazing. First, I just want to say thank you so much, Vaughn. Um, and to anybody else listening to this, hello. I am so excited to possibly speak with you and talk to you. If you want to connect and just kind of like hang out with me on Instagram, my tag is Lauren 
underscore Michelle underscore Jewel. So Lauren Michelle Jewel is my name. You'll be able to find me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and then I'm also actually about to launch a program called the Gut Feelings Seven Day Micro Experience. And that's going to be on June 5th. It is in my bio. If you guys would like to go, I can also send it to Vaughn so she can Absolutely. put it in her bio if she wants. Yes. But oh, it's a seven day experience. So soon. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So is it's that two weeks? Is, okay. Two weeks. Is there a fee attached to that? Yes. So it's two, it's $222. It's seven days in nice. a row. Um, and it's gonna, you're going to experience coaching and all that, but basically it's an inner look of all of the main components of when you work with me one-on-one, right? Yeah. So the quantum health experience that I have day one is like the power of the gut. You're going to be learning about gut health, how you can start to include things to heal your gut. Um, you're going to be getting recipes. You're going to have access to my meal planner who I'm uh, partnered oh, with functional nutritionists. I'm going to learn the power of the mind, calm, like the intuition. Oh, I'm so emotion. excited. Yeah. Okay. What is today? Yeah. Oh, this will be perfect. So we, I will make sure that all the, all the information is in the show notes because that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful offering. And I think I probably need to be a part of that because I would my, love to have you. My, um, my hat, you know, especially with summertime coming up, like my mm-hmm. choices are not the most healthy. So, um, right. It's like Dairy Queen. Yeah. My kids, Dairy Queen, let's go. But you know what? Yeah. Also, at the same time, I can be like, this Dairy Queen blizzard is really, really good for me. And I'll just yeah, like, you can do that. Mind. And you know what I mean? Like, you can start including things. And that's really what yeah. the program about it's not a restrictive diet or anything like that actually what it is is it's a combination of up-to-date research about our health our gut brain connection and then it's also blended with a little cocktail of ancient wisdom right so it's all up your your lane there and that's well i'm so excited and like i said i'll make sure i have all your information in the show notes and um i'm just truly so grateful for you and once again i just I am so proud of you. I Thank really, you. truly am. I am so proud of you. You're doing it, baby. You are doing it. I am doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so. here for a reason. That's all I know. Yes, 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 yes. We'll keep, keep it up. I know you will. And I'm just so honored that we are on this path together. And again, thank you for your time today. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you. Love you. Bye. I am so grateful you played in the cosmos with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a review so other open-minded souls can come along this quantum healing journey too. I am most active over on Instagram, so come find me at Vampiro and say hello. Talk to you soon.